Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, March 15, 2018 and this is a 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book and we are on page 37, paragraph 4, studying through three paragraphs today which will end on page 38 with, But Isn't It True? And today our readers are Leslie M. for the 12 Steps, Libby B. for the 12 Traditions, Kathy Jo P. and Stephanie L. reading the text and helping us study that today. The reference numbers, which were, were called share ID numbers, you'll hear that on the phone version of it, for yesterday's 10 a.m. meeting, which would be Wednesday, March 14th, one one. 162, 11,162. And then the share ID number for this morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study Meeting, 11164, 11,164 for Thursday, 7 a.m. meeting. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Leslie M. to please read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Melanie C. This is Leslie M. Um, from Long Island, New York. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Leslie M. I will now ask Libby B. to please read the 12 Traditions of OA. Thank you, Melanie. Good morning. I'm Libby E., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. The 12 Traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group shall be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, please press star 1 again unless you mute your phone to keep it nice and quiet for other fellows. We want to keep it quiet for our recording as well. So today we resume our study of the big book on page 37, paragraph 4, which starts with our behavior is absurd and incomprehensible, reading through three paragraphs today, which ends on page 38 with, but isn't it true? 
And I will ask Kathy Jo P. to open up our discussion by reading those paragraphs. Good morning, Kathy Jo. Good morning, Melanie. This is Kathy Jo P., a recovered compulsive overeater in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Our behavior is as observed and incomprehensible with respect to the first drink as that is an individual with a passion, say, for jaywalking. He gets a thrill out of skipping in front of fast-moving vehicles. He enjoys himself for a few years in spite of friendly warnings. Up to this point, you would label him as a foolish chap, having queer ideas of fun. Luck then deserts him, and he is slightly injured several times in succession. You would expect him, if he were normal, to cut it out. Presently, he is hit again, and this time has a fractured skull. Within a week after leaving the hospital, a fast-moving trolley car breaks his arm. He tells you he has decided to stop jaywalking for good. But in a few weeks, he breaks both legs. On through the years, this conduct continues, accompanied by his continual promises to be careful or to keep off the streets altogether. Finally, he can no longer work. His wife gets a divorce, and he is held up to ridicule. He tries every known means to get the jaywalking idea out of his head. He shuts himself up in an asylum, hoping to mend his ways. But the day comes, out he races in front of a fire engine, which breaks his back. Such a man would be crazy, wouldn't he? You may think our illustration is too ridiculous, but is it? We have been through the ringer. We who have been through the ringer have to admit, if we substituted alcoholism for jaywalking, the illustration would fit us exactly. However intelligent we may have been in other respects, where alcohol has been involved, We have been strangely insane. It's strong language, but isn't it true? So, um, I dieted in high school, and I got to college, and shortly afterwards, I learned about Overeaters Anonymous. And I identified, and I knew I have a problem And I let go of sugar, and I did some of these steps. I didn't take it really serious, obviously. And about three years, uh, or seven years in, I decided I don't need this anymore. I've got this. And I left. And it started with a sip of lemonade. And I had these markers. I left at about 155 pounds, and I swore. I would never get on over 200. And then I shut my eyes, swearing I'll never get over 250. And somehow or another, I managed to get over 300. And one of my moments where I felt like I was hit was when I had a C-section with my son. And they were trying to find a place in my spine to put in the anesthesia. And it was like nine needles huge, long, painful needles. I was screaming. It hurt so bad. 
but I didn't get the memo that the reason they can't find the right space is because I had so much fat on my back. It didn't get me to change. I just kept going on with my Ben and Jerry's. And in the middle of it all, I had a lot of times where I had, I can't remember how it was worded, but maybe smaller incidences. And they might seem not that small, but, you know, not being able to walk up a hill. Having TMJ when I was off of most of my alcoholic foods and doing a fourth and fifth step, but I was not spiritually fit at all. And I was not 100% abstinent. And within three weeks, I chewed my tooth down so bad the dentist had to remove it. And I had headaches on an ongoing basis. I can tell you that I have not had a headache, I think, in a year and a half, maybe even longer than that. I used to get woken up three to four times a week for anywhere from two to four hours in the middle of the night, and I could not sleep because of my headaches. I think it could have been sugar, it could have been the artificial sweeteners, and it could have been my blood pressure or all of the three or the TMJ. I don't have headaches anymore. That's not normal. And somehow or another, I let that be normal. My marriage was at a bottom. I was having blow-ups and fallouts with everyone. I cried myself to sleep a lot. I don't cry myself to sleep anymore. I don't have pity parties. I get angry. I get out of sorts and I do a 10-step, but I don't have the level of rage I used to have. And I'm talking where I get in the car and drive around and leave my husband or he drives around and leaves me. That doesn't happen here anymore. I had broken relationships. My clothes were ripping at the crotch. I had to go buy new clothes. I thought that was normal. Isn't that another time where you're losing your leg that you keep going up clothes sizes and your crotch is ripping out? I thought about crazy things like having my jaw wired shut, hoping I would have cancer, having bariatric surgery, and then telling people, I don't qualify for that surgery. I'm not 100 pounds overweight, but I was 142 pounds overweight. And I kept thinking, once I got back in the rooms, if only I could find the right food plan, if only I could find the right diet, then everything would be great. And to me, that's crazy too. And I think I thought I was not as crazy as you, so I did not need to do this program as severe as you did. Whether you were weighing and measuring or being a big book thumper or living and breathing this and doing your spiritual work, I wasn't as bad as you. But thank God. Thank God I had a turnaround and I am here. And I realized I was as crazy as they come and God came in. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Kathy J.O.P. And with that, we are opening up the lines for other folks that want to comment on those three paragraphs, page 37, fourth paragraph through three paragraphs, ending on 38 with, but isn't it true? Would you like to comment on those? Diane, Diane, Wendy, Diane, Wendy, Barbara P, Barbara B, okay, let's go with that, Penny C, Diane M, Wendy M, Barbara B, and Lisa B. Good morning, Penny. Good morning. This is Penny C. Thank you, Melanie. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area, and uh, I listened to the meeting earlier today, and when I heard those lines again, 
that we had been through the ringer. I, I have been, literally and figuratively. I was six years old. My, we had nothing but a, a, a ringer washing machine. And my mom had just gone downstairs in our, in our tenement apartment. We would have done the second floor. She had just gone downstairs for, for a minute to bring something to our neighbor. And I decided I was going to help her. The machine stopped agitating, and it was time to put the clothes through the ringer. And I did it. And, and um, my hand got caught, and it went right up to my, to my uh, shoulder. And I remember, I, I don't know if I passed out or what, but I, somehow my mom came and rescued me. But more than that, uh, the figuratively being gone through the ringer, I was only six years old, and already I was way overweight. Already I was experiencing what it was like to be a compulsive overeater, although I had no idea that there was any such thing or that I had a disease. I can remember, you know, my sisters, two sisters a year older than I, wearing these lovely clothes, and then they would be handed down to me, but no longer would those dresses and, and other nice clothes fit me, my mom and grandma made. And it just continued through the years. And, you know, I, I was just like the jaywalker, you know, kept seeing what I could get away with. You know, if I, if I were able to have a couple of starvation days and able to, you know, not eat compulsively for a couple of days, then I would decide that I could try something else and I could control the food. And, boy, I fit this, this jaywalker so well until I found a way or or God led me to OA. And, you know, it, it all has to do with with finding a higher power because all the other ways that I tried never never worked. They worked for a while, but they I never could stay stopped. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful, just so grateful. I just, I say so often to, we are so blessed. Those of us who have recovery, we are so blessed. The 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 other there's so many people out there doing the jaywalker dance day after day and and living living like I did before coming to OA just not wanting to, you know didn't want to kill myself but I didn't want to live either you know it was just life was just too too um, unsatisfactory and today um, even at an advanced stage I. I can enjoy my life, even through, you know, three nor'easters and loss of electricity twice and all of that. You know, I can still say life is good. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Penny C. Diane M., it's your turn. And then Wendy will come after you. Sorry about that. took me a second to figure out how to unmute it. This is Diane from Northern Michigan. Um, And I want to say, well, first of all, I've been in this program for 36 years. I've been in OA for 36 years. And about four or five years ago, I decided um, I wanted to lose more weight and nothing was working. So while I was working the program, I tried OptiFast. I tried HMR. I went to three different nutritionists. Um, I did an online program. I did 
Whole30, I did Paleo, Weight Watchers, I tried fasting, all of those things while working the program. Um, I was willing to put a ton of energy into those programs, but I wasn't willing to really work through the steps. And um, to be honest, there weren't a lot of guides to help with that in my area. So back in November, after five years of, I would say five years of relapse, um, but still going to meetings, back in November, I was told about these uh, phone meetings and started joining in on the meetings, listening mostly, but um, found a sponsor. And I have been abstinent now since uh, Christmas. And um, it's amazing to me to see the progression. I'm, you know, what I was crazier even six months ago than I was when I first came into the program 36 years ago. And um, so I can definitely see the progression. And now I have this willingness to, I think you guys call it work the program like your hair is on fire. And, um, and I've been willing to do that. I started a meeting where I live because there are none here. Um, we've had, I've had two meetings. Nobody has shown yet, but I'm working on it. Um, I worked through the steps. I'm finishing up my ninth step right now, making my amends, which has been, I can't even tell you how wonderful that's been and how freeing that has been to be um, able to have a tool to work through those things. And in places where I held so much shame for so long, um, the responses that I've gotten from the people that I've made amends to has just been I don't even know how to explain this. It's just been phenomenal. Um, so I would just encourage everybody on the line, if you haven't found a sponsor yet, to get one and take this program seriously. Um, I could go on for another maybe, you know, who knows how much time I have left on this earth, but I could go on fighting this thing or I could accept it. And when I finally did make the decision to surrender to what my Sponsor was asking me to do. I had an immediate um, relief from the obsession. I'm in a neutral place with food, um, and I've been abstinent and enjoying it. So, but that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Diane M. Wendy M. You're next, and then Barbara B. You'll follow Wendy. Yes. Good morning, Wendy. Um, recovered in Colorado. Grateful to be on the line and. Thank you all for your um, service today and being on the line as well. And I thank God for the entire abstinence I had this morning. Um, so, you know, of course, I just, I love this chapter and I love um, the jaywalking story. And, you know, what it, what it really drives home for me is, no, we're not kidding around. Like, we really have a disease. Like, this is serious, you know, and it, it's, just all of this, like, I, you know, I can blow it off. It's not that bad. I'm, you know what, I'm fine, actually. It's really not bad at all. Um, that kind of thinking is, is, um, is dangerous for me, right, when I downplay. Eh, you know, uh, I'll be okay. Um, but I wanted to, to highlight kind of some of the risks that I've taken. And, you know, I have to say, he says, however intelligent we may have been in other respects, well, guess what? And that comes up a lot with Bill. He's like, we're good to go with everything else. It's just this alcohol problem. And that's not the case for me. I have an insane brain when it comes to all of my behaviors, not just the food. Um, but just to give you an idea of a couple of the risks. So um, in program 
thinking I'm abstinent. I have a cut-up measured apple. I'm driving 60 miles an hour, and a piece falls to the ground. And I'm willing to, like, look down and find my piece of apple because it's measured and it's mine, right? It's in my food plan. I can have it. I'm willing to risk my life and the life of other drivers. Like, that's the degree to which I am a jaywalker. Um, or also, like, get having 10 root canals, that didn't stop me, right? Or having meniscus tears because I was so heavy that I had to have meniscus tear, um, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I had to go to the hospital and, and have surgery for that. That didn't stop me. Or the insanity, right, of being on the rooftop in college um, and eating bags and bags and bags of licorice and then getting a tan, thinking that the tan will cover up the fat. And then the one that really breaks my heart is risking my marriage, um, being at parties, flirting with men right in front of my husband, willing to do that because the desperation for the love is so great. I'm so starving for the love that I will risk my marriage and, and, flirt, in front, and flirt in front of my husband. Um, that's that's the, the desperation. That's the, the willingness to go to any length to get the thrill, you know, and then the risk, right? Um, and then finally, the um, spending thousands of dollars um, for charity so that I am loved and look really good and put my family at risk, again, you know, financially. Um, and, and in terms of the food, in terms of all of it, I had to get the food in my body as quickly as possible. So I will risk anything to get it in there. I had to. Um, I ignored all warnings. I wasn't interested, really. And at the bottom it says, but we have not gone to Okay, thanks. Um, I'll just say, like, do we really want to stop, you know, or are we going to keep um, being the jaywalker? Thanks for letting me share it. Thank you, Wendy. That's Wendy M. And I have Barbara B., but maybe it's Barbara P. It is Barbara P. in Atlanta. Great. Thanks so much. And Lisa, you'll come up after Barbara. Hi. Good morning, Barbara. Hi. Good morning. This is Barbara P. in Atlanta. Grateful today uh, to be a recovered compulsive overeater. And I love the line, he tells you that he'll quit for good. And a couple of lines after, he makes promises. And I, I think that he really believed that when he said it, um, because I know how many times I just, I really meant it, that I would quit for good. That's it. It hurt too much. And somehow I thought that would be enough. And unfortunately, it was just not enough because this disease just took over um, I was thinking about being, I still remember towards the end being in a grocery store. This happened more than once, but literally crying. And I wasn't one to cry much, but crying because I just couldn't pick what I was going to have. And I wanted it all and I didn't want it all. I, I, it just, that, that loneliness was crazy. So I don't think the jaywalker looks insane to me at all because no matter how much it hurts, he just couldn't get the idea out of his head. He couldn't stop, even though he wanted to desperately. Um, and jaywalking today, um, you know, I am fairly neutral with the food 99% of the time. But I have to say, like yesterday, I had a very hard day. And when I was looking at it uh, this morning with a fellow, I really went into isolation. I didn't take calls. I didn't make calls. I didn't, I really didn't work, do the work. I didn't do 10, 11, and 12 yesterday and literally had a very difficult day. And of course, because I'm not doing this and it's really easy for me to forget that. It's really easy for me to think I can 
and for me, jaywalking is isolation. It is working it by myself or having any thought that I can do this on my own. So for today, I'm very grateful and humbled to know I can't. I I need you all. I need desperately need my higher power because the thought will come, and um, and if I stay in that isolation, it will definitely come. So for today, very grateful to be here and thank you. I pass. Thank you very much, Barbara P. And Lisa B has opted out, so I'm going to open up the lines for other folks that want to comment on. Page 37, paragraph 4 through 3 paragraphs ending on page 38, but isn't it true? Who would like to comment their experience on those readings? Stacey T. Stacey T. Leslie W. Leslie W. Terry H. Hey, Terry H. Hi. Christina R. Christina R. Deborah P. Deborah P. Okay, let's go with that. Stacy T. Leslie W. Terry H. Christina R. And Deborah P. Hey, Stacy. Good morning to you. Good morning, Melanie. Thanks for your service. This is Stacy T. Calling in Cleveland, and I also was on a earlier meeting and. I didn't understand the jaywalker, even though I read it for years and years and years, um, until I got sober (laughs) with the food. And I had been through the ringer, and I was able to admit that my alcoholic foods and food behaviors were exactly like the jaywalker. And I've had so many consequences as a result of my disease. And it's just, it's a miracle that um, greater health problems didn't occur for me. And in understanding more about alcoholism and me, as well as continuing to work the steps um, not only have am I at a um, healthy body weight, which is still an adjustment, you know, having released 100 pounds, um, but I also believe that I still have some, you know, some insanity, and I also didn't get the gravity of how important it is to work 10, 11, and 12 um, every day imperfectly, um, in order to, as well as the other things that I do for my morning rituals and throughout the day, to stay in fit spiritual condition, I, my thinking can get distorted um, pretty quickly. And I want to, at times, run the show and at times want to tell myself that it's not as bad as um, it was and it's hard to argue with my recovered self uh, when I was at 230 pounds. I mean, I just, you know, it's absurd. And so I'm really grateful that as I continue, even though I've been in and out of these rooms since 89, being in uh, this big book, 
day after day and year after year, I continue seeing through all of you um, that there is hope for me based upon my willingness and commitment to do whatever it takes um, to remind myself that I have a daily reprieve contingent upon doing these steps because I am strangely insane. And for this day and in this exact moment, I feel quite sane. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Stacey T. Leslie W., you're up next, and then Terry H. will come after you. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you. This is Leslie W., a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And the story of the jaywalker, just wanted to share my experience with that and my take on it, which is, um, you know, I look at this as a as a as a thrill seeking story. You know, this is a this is a a guy who who likes the thrill of jumping in and out of cars. Um, you know, my my relationship with food is very much so uh, based on thrill, or or used to be, I should say. Um, I like the thrill of being able to eat spontaneously. I like the thrill of being able to show up at a party and eat what I want. You know, hey, I'm a, I'm a rule breaker. I'm not a rule follower. The rules don't apply to me. I, I eat what I want. I do what I want, right? And um, I like the thrill of thinking and feeling like I was getting away with something. Um, only I wasn't really getting away with anything. <laughs> My diseased mind just thought I was. And I eventually had to get a get to a point in my life where I had to make, in in recovery, I had to make a conscious choice um, to choose freedom over over food, um, freedom from the bondage of food over the thrill of spontaneous eating, you know? Um, I... I just can't afford to live that way anymore. And other people can do that. Other people can go to restaurants and not not think about what they're going to have to eat beforehand. I do. Other people can show up at a party and say, well, you know, I'll just nibble a little bit here and there. I can't. I just cannot do that because when it comes to food, my thinking is warped. And I accept that. And I'm glad to be reminded of that today and with that impact. You still there, Melanie? I am, I am speaking to my muted self. Thanks so much for the reminder. (laughs) (laughs) Terry H., you're next. And then Christina K., you'll be ready in three. Awesome. Hi, everyone. My name is Terry H., a recovered compulsive overeater, bulimic, anorexic in North Carolina. Very grateful today. 
Yeah, I like the story of the jaywalker, the adrenaline he gets from the effect that he's chasing, that he gets from uh, bouncing through the cars and buses and and trains or, you know, whatever and whatnot. You know, it was like that for me and my disease. You know, I identify with this aspect. When I was uh, binging and purging, you know, the adrenaline, the the effect that I would get from that um, uh, purging my guts out, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 times a day, how many times a day, you know, uh, driving around looking for single stall uh, bathrooms, um, you know, all of that, no matter what, you know, there was nothing coming in between me and that at that time. And, um, you know, I had no defense for it. Um, once I started, I couldn't stop. You know, and it says uh, uh, if he were normal, he would cut it out. You know, if I was normal, I would have stopped. I would have stopped binging and purging and restricting. But, you know, I, I have a disease and I have an allergy to certain foods and, and, a, and I had an obsession of the mind until I worked through these steps to work on that. Um, and it, it's just, it, it seems so crazy. I, I remember reading this with my sponsor and just giggling. You know, why? You know, why? And, and I'm so identify in uh, with this guy and, and what he does and, and that effect that, you know, I was chasing or I was looking for, and it wasn't until I could switch, you know, put the food down and get abstinent, you know, my mind was so crazy, but when I worked these steps and worked through this process, you know, this, this recovery program helped with that mental obsession, you know, I, I'll never be normal, I'll always have this disease, and, you know, but every day I work my program and expand my spiritual experience, expand my spiritual uh, uh, conscious contact with my higher power and work on that way, you know, in that direction, um, you know, I don't have to go this direction. I don't have to jump through these cars anymore. I don't have to drive around looking for single star bathrooms. I don't have to, you know, grab circus peanuts out of the garbage to finish them off and, and eat gallons of ice cream and, and things like that. You know, I can work on life and life's issues today and, and, and enjoy and experience the freedom and peace that I get from that. It's not always easy but it's definitely worth it. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Terry H. Christina, you're next. And then Deborah P., you want to get ready for after Christina share. Hi, good morning. This is Christina R. And I just thank you so much for everyone's shares today and all of the service that everyone does in this meeting. Um, I've been listening for a while, and this is my first time speaking and I just can so so relate in to this jaywalker and I was just looking back in my history <clears throat> and the main thing that stood out to me was that I spent thousands of dollars on surgery on um, removing skin from all of the gaining and losing weight through all of the years and I thought you know that was going to be the ultimate fix you know that I was going to look great and I was going to keep exercising and, and I was, you know, had the perfect body now and all of this and only to, you know, fast forward, you know, four or five years later and to constantly be in and out of relapse and from this disease, even after that. And now suffering with consequences of not only spending all of that money, but 
that some of you know the choices have made have caused the the surgery to to you know go bad like to not look as good as it did and so there's the regret and the the fear around all of that and how that affects you know my husband and my family's finances and then looking back is at a teenager and and just think getting on the scale and being like you know oh just a little bit you know I'll just wait till a couple more pounds and then I'll stop and at that point not really even knowing that you know what I was doing or what I had um but just it's just been going on for so long and and in the past relapse the last one I didn't even know like it was almost as if I was in denial or I really did not see what I was doing to myself you know even though my clothes weren't fitting anymore I couldn't show up to work I um like physically and mentally could not handle um the job I couldn't you know my children were suffering my marriage was suffering our finances were suffering and I was just thinking, you know, I, you know, I just one more day, you know, just one more day, the denial of that and just, you know, putting myself right back into that, you know, just as this, just as the jaywalker did. And now, you know, after uh, a couple of weeks of abstinence and really, really, you know, working the steps and taking action, I am seeing so many promises already you know being fulfilled and all of this being lifted but I'm so grateful for the reminders today that you know I could be right back there you know that it is just for today and how important it is to take action so thank you so much that I'll pass thank you Christina R Deborah P you're next and then after Deborah I think time will allow for two more to chime in good morning Deborah Good morning. This is Deborah P. from Northern California. Can I be heard? You betcha. Oh, awesome. Oh, my goodness. You know, I have read this story so many times, and I am so seeing myself in it today like I never have. And um, I listened to the earlier meeting um, after it was already over, um, and so I've been doing like back-to-back meetings this morning and oh my goodness just thinking back listening to people share and thinking about my life and oh my gosh this last um however many eight years that I've been trying to do it on my own and all of the things that I've tried like I've heard with paleo and whole 30 and this and that and and um oh well I could do just a little bit I could do you know I could have one little piece of candy a night and thinking that that could do that. And, and it never worked. It, it didn't matter how dark it was. I would eat the whole thing and I'd make myself sick. And even before, like, I remember going to Weight Watchers and ordering the food and being so excited when I could get, you know, this one dessert every single day and manipulating and, and, and thinking that it was okay. And, Oh my God, the thrill. It was just the thrill of going out and, and getting something to eat and the hit off of the food. And wow, oh my gosh, and getting bigger and bigger and bigger and not, not, not like hitting those, crossing those lines. Well, when I get to this weight, well, when I get to this weight, well, when I get to this weight, and when I get to this size, I'll do something. And, oh, well, it's not that bad. I'm not really that size because these pants fit. And they're, the, they're a size smaller. And, 
all of the crazy stuff that goes on in my head. I've never noticed that before until today. And I'm just blown away at this book, how every time I read it, I find something new and I'm finding myself in here over and over and over in places that I never saw myself before. And um, the excitement that I'm having with realizing how sick I really am and the relief that I'm getting with seeing this, it's just amazing. It's mind-blowing. And I just wanted to share that, that I was just having this, yeah, once again, you could just put my name in every single story in every single page of this book. So thank you so much. Thank you, Deborah P. I'd like to open it up for two folks to share and take us out with this study today. Who would like to take those spots? Debbie M. Katrine H. I heard a Carol, and then I heard, did I hear a Miriam of some sort? Yes. And Marie? Yes, Miriam T. Oh, Debbie M. Miriam T. Okay, that's my two. I just hear so many more, and I wish we had time, but we don't. Um, so Carol K. and Miriam T. Good morning, Carol. Hi, this is Carol K., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. Um, absurd behavior, as far as absurd behavior, I mean, wow, I'm married 35 years, and my behavior was definitely absurd. Um, I mean, I was taking the bill money, the mortgage money, the water bill. It didn't matter what bill had to be paid. I was taking it, and I was buying my binge foods and having it delivered. I'm an agoraphobic with severe panic attacks and anxiety. And so, you know, I just came to believe that, you know what, I'm screwed. I can't even leave the house without freaking out, da-da-da-da-da. And here I am, a compulsive overeater, which I didn't know that that's what I had back then because I came into the program three years ago and, and found out that this is what I, I am. Um, and I'm grateful. I am a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. So I spent a lot of years in the house ordering all my bench foods, not paying the bills, blah, 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 and controlling everyone. My husband would come and try to talk to me, and I'd tell him to go F off. And, and then my kids, I was always screaming and yelling, screaming and yelling, screaming. Gave my kids big parties in the yard, spent tons of money, spending all the bill money on everything except, and the parties, of course, included tons of food because that was the whole reason I was having that party. You see, there was selfishness. Even though I was giving my kids all these beautiful parties, there was always selfishness behind it because the selfishness on my part was that lovely food that I was having catered and brought into the, into the party. So there was always selfishness behind everything I did, and I, I never realized that. It was always poor me, poor me, poor me. Look what I do for everybody else. Well, that's a crock of crap. Now, today, I sit here and... Um, thank God for these 12 steps because they saved my life. And I sit here today, and my kids and my husband always resented me. Terrible relationship, married 35 years. And since I came into this program a little over three years ago, I, I put the food down after six months. My husband my kids started notice, noticing a change in my behavior, I guess, three, three to five months. Let me, it's an estimate. After I put the food down, they all wanted to know what I was doing, what was going on, because what the hell happened to mom? Now, not only was the weight dropping, that's, that's a piece of cake, because once, once I put my binge foods down, okay, that was a piece of cake, but my behavior changed, and I just want to say this, 
I have a great marriage today. I'm happily married, and I have a great relationship with most of my kids. Some have not forgiven me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Carol Kay. Miriam T., you'll be the last chair for this recorded time of our meeting. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Miriam T. from New York. I relate very much to the paragraph of the Jay Walker, um, that thrill was something that I could not um, get rid of. Um, I read it. I've been in program for decades, in and out, and uh, every time I read the story intellectually, I, I related to it intellectually. It made sense. I could identify it, but there was I, it didn't pierce through my heart. And it wasn't until I w- went through the big book steps that it connected and that I was seeking that thrill because I couldn't deal with the issues that were in my life. And so I ran to the food. I wanted that thrill, something to make me feel good. And thank God that it pierced through. And I am so grateful that I don't have to... Um, I have a plan when something isn't when something isn't right. I don't have to seek the thrill. I go through the steps, and the things work out much better than the way I was trying to arrange and and do things so that I thought I was the director in general of everything. And of course, the the thrill of what the food gave me that that effect that I was chasing. Thank God, I have a choice now. And it's not only intellectually that I understand it, it's through my heart and I want to work through it. Yes, at times it's difficult, but it's there. And I'm so forever grateful for everybody on the line, for all the people, because I'm not alone. And so that makes it doable and workable. And thank you. Thank you very much. Miriam, that does take us to the end of our recorded portion of our meeting. Thank you so much for everyone that shared today. So we'll close then this portion by reading from the big book on page 164, and then we'll follow that with a serenity prayer if you want to join me. Stephanie L., would you please read A Vision for You? A book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. It's Stephanie L., a recovered compulsive overeater in Southern California. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you 